Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. Should we should we end the show with our with a, a shout out with our own Sam's Complaint Corner? <laughs> I can do. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, fine. <laughs> I right. will hold my impressions for later. Hello and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight over minor pop culture minutia. And today it's me, Jeremy, here with Mr. Benj. How you doing? How's it going? And we're just gonna have what we like to call a mini podcast, where we just talk about a little subject that the two of us are interested in. Last time we talked about you're the worst. This time we're gonna talk about you're the West World worst. <laughs> so, before we get into it, I just want to do a, a you know, brief shout out to Carrie Fisher, who just passed away. You know, BDE, RIP, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was like, she was pretty iconic. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people may remember her best from, like, the bikini thing, but I'll always remember her from her uncredited role as a therapist in Austin Powers. She wasn't credited for that? I don't think so. I think there were, like, a lot of uncredited people in that movie. I mean, she was a noticeable character in it. It was clearly her. No, it was her. I just don't... I feel like I don't think she was credited in the actual credits <laughs> well she's yeah i mean she, you know i mean she's she's carrie fisher i mean the princess leia needs no needs no explanations so you know it'll, it'd be sad to, sad to see her go um definitely and um I, I think it was great though that she was able to to do force awakens though that's um you know it's a it's a it's a nice thing to be able to to have that there you know, so that you know, you you can have the full, you can have a broader scope of, of the Princess Leia canon. Right. You know? so. There's, um, by the way, I just checked, and it is indeed uncredited. Uh, there's two other wow. things that you, one you may know and you may not know. Mm-hmm. On, in Family Guy, she had a recurring role as Angela, Peter's boss. Which I oh really? Yeah, I didn't even know that. I was like, who is that? Is that Candace Bergen? It's like, oh no, it's Princess Leia. And what's right. interesting is that she actually, <laughs> you remember how they, you know how Family Guy had these like Star Wars spoofs? Uh huh. She actually played Mon Mothma in that episode. Okay. Which is kind cool. of cool. Cool. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, you know. Kind of she, I mean, she had, a, she had a pretty good sense of humor about things. I oh, mean, yeah, she, yeah. I mean, and um, because she had that like. One woman show I saw part of where she's like talking about her life and talking about like like her issues and stuff and I I, I think some like um I think some like battles with like addiction and stuff like that um so she was like uh what was I gonna say like so she like she and she it, it was a humorous thing like it was a it was a uh, like so, she she in general, I, I think, was like pretty fun loving, mm-hmm. you know, about 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 different things. So yeah, um, yeah. And the other thing was she was in this great Thirty Rock episode from 
the season two called Rosemary's Baby, where she played this mm-hmm. older female writer for, that Liz sort of thinks is great, and she almost quits her job over it until she realizes that she lives in a terrible apartment and her apartment is, te- you know, her life is kind of bad. And so as she runs away, you know, Carrie Fisher who's playing her is like, "Help me, Liz Lemon! You're my only hope." <laughs> yeah. So like you said, you know, of course. What you may not remember is that this is also the episode in which Jack Donaghy basically does uh, impressions of, of like Tracy and his parent, like his dad and mom. <laughs> I mean, that does sound funny, except that I'm not familiar with Clear Rock almost at all. So oh, these bad. are going almost completely over my head. Well, but I'm will, sure it was funny. I will tell you, I recently, a few months ago, watched over the course of a few months, watched the whole thing again on Netflix. Still mm-hmm. holds up. It's still a very funny show. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, as you probably know, she is in the next Star Wars movie, and oh really? Yeah. Supposedly, all the filming is finished. You know, they're just in post production now. And I have no idea, of course, what her role will be in that. I mean, it's impossible do, to say. Do you, Do you know if she was is supposed to be in the ninth one? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, you just saw the episode, you know, the, the you know, Rogue One, which didn't really have her in it, but they kind of, like, faked her face mm-hmm. by putting her, like, they had a, another actress that they did motion capture on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that. Yeah. I don't, I feel like that the would CGI. be weird to do. Well, we're going to, we're going to have our Rogue One podcast so we can talk about the CGI stuff, but it was nice to see her also in Rogue One, sort of. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess we won't get into specifics because that's its own level of spoilers. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, oh, that's, know, that, 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 that's true. Um, yeah, and anyway, I don't want to get into any more about that, but yeah. you know, obviously, you start getting people who get, you know, I think obsessed with certain types of things. Obviously, as someone who was of a certain age and, and you know, people started, were like talking about her appearance and everything, you know, and it was just kind of like, you know, not great, but I mean, yeah, you know, she had I mean, a difficult life in some sense, but she also had a very productive one, mm-hmm. you know, I what mean, else, what else did she, what else did she, did she do anything else before Star Wars? I mean, before Austin Powers, between the Star Wars and Austin Powers? Well, she mainly did a lot of writing, actually. Right, right, right. So, like, she did. She was like a long stretch of time, but you know that she basically just had little, little cameo things here and there for many years, uh, but you know didn't right. really have anything super specific. But she had a lot of you know writing credits too that she did that were uncredited. Okay. Isn't that common for, like, except for Harrison Ford? Um, you know, it's our little inside joke, Jeremy, which I won't mention. But, yeah. uh, ex- but except, for, except for Harrison Ford, um, um, like, I think that was kind of the case with most of the actors in that, that they didn't really do much. I mean, Frank Oz, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. was still doing stuff, but that's a different story. And I'm talking about, like, the live, the live action uh, people. You know, it, they didn't really have like careers that like took out any anywhere close to how Harrison Ford's did. Because, um, yeah. because, I'm thinking like, the other the other noteworthy 
the other noteworthy actors were there was there was a God, I'm forgetting his name. Whoever had the Millennium Falcon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, to the audience, um, we're not the biggest Star Wars heads, so. <laughs> okay, so who but, but, who do you want to know about from Millennium Falcon? I'll tell tell you. The, the guy whose whose ship it originally was. Lando Calrissian. Yeah. So the Lando Calrissian, right? Jesus. The um. Yeah, you have to be a real Star Wars knight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? Luke Harrison, that was his name, Harrison Walker. So I know anyway. there, so I know there was one black guy in the in the original <laughs> trilogy. I don't remember his name. He just wasn't that memorable. He, he, <laughs> Lando Calrissian, come on. I actually, I actually thought for a little bit the actor was the same actor who did a, a, um, uh, Apollo Creed. I thought that for for a little for a little while, and then I looked it up. I was like, oh no, it's a different person. No. Oh no, I'm so. just racist. <laughs> Two black guys with 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 short afro with a mustache. mustache? Why they must be the same person? What's the thing you merge people together in your head? <laughs> right. Well, it's just well, like what's the how... name of the guy who played Obi Wan Kenobi, Ben Kingsley, Alex Guinness. Right. Oh, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> they were basically yeah. the same person, except Ben Kingsley didn't have a beard. So, just saying. Right. <laughs> right. All right. No, but 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 Alec, but Alec, Alec Guinness did he do anything after that? Oh well, I mean he was an acclaimed. He's a acclaimed star before. Star of the stage right. and screen. Uh, did right. he do that much after? Uh, no. What about what Not about really. the guy? What but about the did, guy? He did a lot of plays after. What about the guy who played Darth Vader, like actual Darth Vader, not James Earl Jones? What about that guy? What David Prowse? Is that who it was? Yeah, um, I don't even know. I mean. I feel like, I mean, I know he's still alive. He's old, also. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, let me see. Uh, after it, he was mainly, he was in, not that much. Uh, he was in little things here and there, and then he was in a video game called Monopoly Star Wars. He mm-hmm. was in Comic Book the Movie in 2004. Yeah, that's a big jump. Uh... Order of the Sith, he played Commander Prowse. I guess they just didn't like to him. <laughs> yeah, you made, that, you made that point a little while ago, a, a couple of days ago, that uh, how Star Wars has dumb names some of the time. That's a, a no. good example of that. Well, actually, no, wait, the guy who played Sidious, didn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't he Sidious in, in Episodes 1 through 3? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. I what, mean, what, you mean Pal- the guy who plays Palpatine? Palpatine, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mean Ian McDermott? Dermond? I may be saying it. Or Dermot wrong. Mulroney. Dylan <laughs> <laughs> McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he. I think, if I recall, he, you know, he first. Yeah, he did it as the Emperor in the first one, which I guess. Was it the Empire Strikes Back? Uh huh. Yeah, that's when he first appeared. Yeah, he was. Although it was a, uh, he was originally uncredited actually in his first performance. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that he wasn't. It was because that's right in the first in. Yeah, I forgot about that. The first version of the Empire Strikes Back, they had someone else playing the Emperor, and then they mm-hmm. put like they superimposed like baboon eyes on him. That actually, really? that's one of the few good changes the special edition made. Which is basically mm-hmm. just having Ian McDermott come back and redo that 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 line. 
But then they yeah. redid it again where they had Dylan McDermott come in <laughs> as as uh, Darth Sidious. Nobody's going to uh... understand that reference. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even supposed to be a Star Wars podcast, but I will say as an aside point, I, when I was talking to people recently, um, and, I, and I was at work recently, I, I, there are some people who didn't know – uh, maybe they were younger than I was. They didn't know about the special edition stuff, and I think not as many people know about that because that was only a few years before Phantom Menace came out. That's correct. Like, because it came out, it was like it was like '96 or something, or '97 when the special edition stuff came well, out. I think even and, people who saw it then probably didn't realize, unless they were kind of into the nerdy stuff, about a lot of the changes that were made. I noticed a bunch of stuff just because we had watched them all re- relatively recently beforehand from Blockbuster right. or whatever. Uh, right. But I didn't notice all of them because I was just watching it once in the theater. I, I was there was no like there was no YouTube. There was, someone was comparing everything, and they hadn't re-released it out on video yet with the changes. Mm-hmm. So people hadn't mm-hmm. had a chance to really pour over it, which didn't stop people from immediately starting to pour over it just by watching the movie yeah. again. But well, well, a lot of it was that it was that they also just made the special effects better that was that was just the thing they spruced it up a little bit they updated yeah. some things yeah. but then the, but there's that big thing spoiler where they have a scene of han solo with uh with a job of the hut yeah remember well, that, one, that one was pretty bad yeah it was although um, the thing that people complain about is the whole thing where they made Vito shoot in the scene because if you remember like uh, remember the original original han solo shoots Greedo and that's it and then they changed it to Greedo shoots, then Han Solo shoots. And then they changed it again in the Blu-ray release to they shoot at the same time. Yeah. And his head unnaturally <laughs> moves out of the way so he can dodge it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it was like literally like somebody like took their head like in a Photoshop and just moved it a little to the side and then moved it back. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, really, it's, it's like am- insane how, how awful that was considering how much money they spent on effects. It's it's amazing how how like how Star Wars in some sense is one of the greatest achievements ever and one of the worst achievements ever. It's like it's so interesting how it's the worst achievements because it's it's so well. What I I mean is like it's so well known for for some for some of that sort of fuckery of like having these like (laughs) dumb decisions that they make, you know, to try to like improve it or, or update it, which just don't work. All right, whatever. Well, I feel like we've wasted enough time on the, on Star Wars, so let's right. get into our main Rest topic. in peace, Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Yes. Yeah, tribute okay, to her. Which is Westworld. Right. And uh, let's just do the theme song. Westworld, Westworld, Westworld. West, 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 Westworld. So who did the theme song for Westworld? Man, you saved the day! There's that part, at the very end. Who is the music composer? Do you know? The answer is... The same guy who did... Game of Thrones, right? Yep, that's right. Ramin yep. Jawadi, who's, yeah. uh, who's like German-Iranian or something. And uh, music's great. We can already start yep. by saying yep. that. You know, the theme yep. song and, and a great opening sequence, too. Yeah. The, the, the stuff is cool with, uh, with the skeleton hands playing the, the chords. And it works that it's playing the actual chords, that the, the actual notes that are the song's actual notes. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I remember when I saw, you know, first started watching it, you know, I recognized uh, a character actress, uh, Angela Sarafian, Sarafian, who's like Armenian. Mm-hmm. Because she hasn't, she's like, 
she's done like character acting work, which she kind of did here also. Uh, she's the one who plays Clementine, which is oh, okay, which is a great name, of course, for that. But because I remember her from a lot of things, just like noticing her in a, in several things. But there was like this really uh, silly show. I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was called. Oh, that's right. It was called Hot Sluts. That there was this like silly internet satire show with Alison Brie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was just like, it was kind of like a silly show about strippers uh-huh. on the internet back in those days where they just, it was like, I, I don't even remember which website it was. It was like some, one of these, like Adam Films or something. Uh-huh. And, and it was just like, uh, like, oh, who's this other girl? Because I'd only heard about it because I had already knew who Alison Brie was. And she was talking about being on some, like, weird... And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to do this show called Hot Sluts. Like, what? So, <laughs> that's why I looked it up. Uh, but she didn't get that much attention from a lot of other movies. She's just been in a lot. Because she has a very interesting mm-hmm. look. Like, yeah. yeah. So that was one of the things that the episode, like, in the beginning was focusing on, was just, like, her very interesting facial features. Like, she has very expressive eyes. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're you're saying Westworld they, they yeah, focus on that exactly yeah, yeah yeah and it's one of the interesting things about Westworld is sort of how they deal with the sort of problems of you know nudity versus not nudity you know how right. do you how do you do something in a way that's like tasteful but all you know is it provocative is it not provocative you know one thing that was yeah. pointed out uh, which I didn't realize the first time which is that as uh, Maeve, which, who's played by Tandy Newton, as her character becomes mm-hmm. more and more self-aware, she wears more and more clothing. Hmm. And she's shot, and in the scenes where she's nude, they show less and less of her. Hmm. Over the course of, and I, I was rewatching some of it, and I realized that's right. They were, which is sort of, it's like, it's like one of those like sub, subtle subconscious things where you're kind of like changing your perception of her without mm-hmm. thinking about it yeah yeah i mean yeah um like you know there is the i do think part of it is partially the hbo factor of like you know they they always like to push push the limits of like you know how much violence and sex and nudity and stuff oh, yeah. they, they have um and you know i've already said my kind of complaints before about how they i think they do too much of it gratuitously for no reason in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I think, though, there was a little bit of the gratuitousness <laughs> in Westworld. I think, I think, I think they 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 made it work pretty well, and it made sense the times it did. In fact, as you were kind of saying, I don't know if this is exactly what you were saying, but I but I feel like it's it um it it, it ties to what you were saying. Um, they even kind of played with that about like you know what's actually like like nudity in a sexual sexual way, and then if you're looking at these people as like specimens. You know, or robots? Is that really like a? Is that actually like nudity? Is it like a? Is it is it actually a sexual thing? And actually, you know, as we learn later on, I guess this is we should say a spoilers at the beginning of this whole episode. But as we learn later on, you know, obviously there's some there's some scientists or some people working in the lab who like basically use the robots as as their sex dolls, mm-hmm. but also like I, I, not everyone does. Obviously, I'm sure some people look at them as 
as you know there are these robots and they're not you know these artificial intelligence and they're, and they're not they're, they're not real but it kind of plays with that with that whole thing of like of like you know if they're just being used for that purpose then it's just a fantasy and that's and 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 that's what people are going for you know it's not that they're going to 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 see a robot um and they want it to seem real so um yeah i mean i think ultimately their stuff stuff was well done uh you know in terms yeah. of any of their pushing the limits sort of stuff um without it going into like horror you know mm-hmm. cuz that's that's the other that's the other extreme without going into porn or horror um right but yeah um okay um so i guess what we were going to talk about is like how can we say whether or not the the series like as i brought up before we started the 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 podcast about um what can we say about how this was done differently than not just other hbo shows but just some of the big um you know either big budget or or heavily promoted um tv shows on now now that tv shows have become on par perhaps even surpassed you know um motion pictures for for uh, you know regular regular films for like attention in in entertainment now that that has happened and, and a lot of folk and a lot of focuses on tv how does how does it do things differently than these other grand shows or the iconic shows and how does it do it well or maybe not as well um does that make sense right. right so what do you think you feel like it's just a continuation of the same kind of prestige stuff or do you feel like what there's some things you know that it just happens to be because there's nothing else on that's quite as my you know mentally provoking what does that mean again when it's prestige stuff Prestige, you know, where people are trying to make like you know drama that's making you know, like like all oh, trying to make thinky stuff and right, know, the, right, right, you know right. stuff that's gonna like win awards and stuff. Like right, all right, right. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, you mean something that might be like you could use the term Oscar baiting? Is that what you're saying? Something kind of like yeah. that. So like um, Emmy I mean, baiting or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think that there was a little bit of that in in the sh- in the show. There's a little bit of it, I, I think, but ultimately. Ultimately, I think it succeeded, um, and I think I think one of I'm trying to like put it together about about what I think was good about it. So I mean, first of all, just the idea it's it's a different take on on artificial on the on the you know on AI sci-fi, and I, I know it was based right. on a Michael Crichton novel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, um, right? The isn't isn't yeah, wasn't a Michael Crichton novel originally? And it was a movie at some point, right? Well, I mean, the movie was written by him, if that's what you mean. By Michael okay. Crichton. Oh, so the movie was written by him. Whatever. I'm saying is, you know, it already existed before, but, but the, the concept of, like, especially doing a whole show, I mean, it's kind of risky to have – it's a different way of having uh, – talking about doing an a, the, the genre, sub-genre of sci-fi, the AI thing in like the wild west because when i first saw it when I mean the first couple episodes or maybe even just the first episode it's like what like, i mean it's kind of interesting but you're like why are they in the wild west like what does that have to do with any of this right. oh. you know why that why that time period well if you want to look at like the historical context you know he he came out with it in 73 right mm-hmm. and the book it, you mean no it's not a, it was not a book it was just a movie that he wrote so, 
I understand okay. what you're saying because he, he is a novelist also. And mm-hmm. certainly, if you look, what I was going to say is the movie was originally, it was, it was about the future world of 1983. <laughs> uh, which had, right before uh, 1984 that ends everything. Right. Right, well, it, there are three worlds the West world, medieval world, and then, what was the other one? It was uh, Roman world, like Roman okay. times. And basically, at the end of the movie, uh, which is Spoilers. one of whom is played by Yul Brenner, who's like the gunslinger mm-hmm. robot, mm-hmm. Uh, they run amok and they kill a lot of humans, basically. And this has a lot of influence in pop culture, even though the movie was not particularly successful. It's somewhat successful. Like he then kind of used a similar concept in Jurassic Park about things going amok. Right. And of course, if you look at that classic, you know, itchy and scratchy world episode of The Simpsons about robots coming amok, you know, that's kind of right inspired by that also. So right, you know, it's it's certainly well. It's, it's a trope. It's it's definitely yeah. a trope of just uh, even just the science experiment going a buck. I mean that's like yeah. that's a canon sci-fi trope. But yeah, yeah. Um, but but uh, but yeah. So I'm saying is like, but as you said, actually that's that's the thing that's interesting because they didn't. Um, I actually I think they did have a, maybe a couple mentions to there being other parks. Did they over the series? Or yes. Am I just imagining that? No, they, yeah. they were they were they were oblique references, but they were right. there. Right, 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 and I so that probably was a little bit of a nod, a little bit of a kind of Easter eggy uh, nod uh, to 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 that to that to that stuff. But but that's the thing because they 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 could have had a show would have been a little more straightforward, maybe more on the nose if they had had the three different worlds and and but but it's kind of ballsy and I kind of applaud them to go into the just why is it the Wild West? But I think it really worked in a lot of ways because first of all. The whole thing with the Wild West is that it's, um, you know, it's it's the Wild West. So I mean, like, you know, you can you can get away with, you can get a, you can get away with all your deepest, you know, dark desires. Yeah, it's whatever a they dark are. romance, you know. Right, right. I mean, a lot of if you look at like the way westerns kind of evolved, just in general, it's really interesting just to see how that went because. You know, you have like a lot of different Western movies that were around. Western, you know, movies were just super common for a very long time. That yes, was, yes. It was the movie, and there's a lot of reasons for that that are, uh, I mean, a lot. But right. Uh, it part of it happened just because of, you know, that it just like essentially there was this fake version of the West. That became very popular in the early part of the of the twentieth uh, century, mm-hmm. and well, also there were not there was I mean the western even in the eighteen hundreds I believe there were like you know there were like short stories and maybe even comics at times yeah, like short stories and stuff and that's how well, it started right yeah. they were essentially all lies right uh, and that you know right. it was it, certainly nothing was purely you know safe everywhere but the idea of these like crazy you know raucous world, you know, places where there was no law at all was just not true because they were still, you know, American cities. You know, this wasn't like, you know, the mm-hmm. out in the middle of the wilderness. This was where people lived. It mm-hmm. was technically, you know, where you could have an army or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was something that happened. But and there's also, like, just the propaganda element to it, of course, too, you know. Yeah. So... 
that is part sort of, of it too. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it was sort of you know, one of the things that we, I want to get to uh, just a, like a little touch on here is the whole Native American thing, because right. that was a big component of a lot of the old classic westerns. Now, right. not all of them. Like for example, if you look at some of the later stuff with like Clint Eastwood that he did, that was a lot more about good and bad people. Well, of course, because that's of all that was sort of you could say really the end. That was like towards the end of the Western uh, genre, where that you'll only occasionally have have things after that, such as the iconic film Wild Wild West. Um, yeah, right. Well, I mean, Unforgiven is uh, right. Is, right. Is, is, is correctly lauded as one of those just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Movies. Well, that, that was like that was like in some sense you could say that was like the the, the depth of it in in in, in, a, in in a graceful way. I mean, I would still include you know Django Unchained and um, Hatefully, and because you can always include Tarantino with sure. stuff he does, making it truly like actually Kill Bill, uh, the second one was also. Um, pretty much a western uh, a for, ways, for, yeah. for, for, for most of it. But besides Tarantino, there isn't... I mean, he's reviving a, a, a genre for his for his film. You know, it's yeah, not I like... Mean, that's his know. shtick, that's what he does. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's not... So... Um, right, so thinking about this, but this romance, you know, mm-hmm. the, that's... It, it, you know, you can kind of see how you can kind of get caught up in this concept because you're sort of looking at a different world so we can see like there was a context that they did in the 70s which had its own context you know nowadays <coughs> in the world that we live in this show westworld is sort of projecting a future from where we are now you would think i mean right. they never really said otherwise so the assumption is it's sometime in our future we don't know exactly when you know right so why... and they do it convincingly enough you do convincing enough to to show how technology could evolve to to what it to where it is to where it is in the show. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting thing because you know they were if you remember some of the later episodes, they kind of show some of the older stuff from like twenty or thirty years ago that were mm-hmm. they was still advanced but like less advanced. Right, and, like, and I like, like, that like when he a little touch too. Yeah, well that that was great when he's like. You know, with the with the Anthony Hopkins or the um, Ford, um, th- that was like a nice little touch too. That he kind of liked being around some of the older ro- robots. I remember he was talking that one guy who just like he has a drink with, who like really just has canned responses, and he's like listening to his story and he's like creaking like an old robot. And he and he's and the only thing he says after the story is like is like is like man, that's one boondoggle of a story. I'll drink to that. <laughs> A boondoggle. Whatever he says. Well, I'll drink to that. Sounds that that sounds about right. And <laughs> I feel like maybe the boondoggle isn't particularly Western slang. Horse diggly. All right. Never. <laughs> just, because, just because you're giving it a Western accent doesn't make... <laughs> Moon pie. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Um, well, actually, that, that's true because it was about the future. It was about the future. It, it worked. I'm in the future. Although my Moon favorite, pie. although my favorite joke about that is because it's like over like the course of like a week or two, and he comes out to a pool. He's like, a pool. Time is ravaging your once youthful looks. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so getting back to getting back to Westworld. I mean, I mean, 
Yeah, like the foreseeable future, and actually a good thing too. When you're when you're mentioning the Western genre thing, is actually it's a it's a perfect way to sort of reintroduce the Western genre or update it because it's a, it's more meta now, and actually it, it, you you can play on it, you know, but without it just being a parody. So it's like it's it, there's there's a, a a parody type element to it because it's showing how ridiculous it is and how ridiculous the fantasy of the Western stuff is, you know, literally. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like the whole that it thing. is artificial on its right. face. Right, and 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 you have these people playing these roles and repeating these roles, and they're kind of stuck in it. I mean, that's kind of one of the themes in there, you know, uh, uh, just you know, them being stuck in these roles, or the, how do they break out of it, and and the romance or whatever that people want to see. But also, like, it, it, like they, it is pretty. I mean, it's pretty realistic that that probably this would be a very popular place, you know, if uh, people could do that. It's super yeah. expensive. Yes, 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 yeah. So, so it's you know that was good. Um, okay, so so I guess let's talk about um, unless you had something else to say. I, I guess let's talk about what are some of our opinions are. I mean, we're gonna talk about the the oh oh, oh yeah okay, okay. So so the basic point we were trying to say is like how does it compare with 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 the other either big budget or or or. or leading shows uh that are that are out now and i don't think it's i don't think it's the best or or maybe even in the top four of some of the stuff that that's come out over the past two to five years but maybe in the top 10 um you know and i think it's interesting i I really enjoyed it you know i think it i think it i think it had it's expansive it has unique take on things um you know it, it it deals i think with artificial intelligence in a, in a in a good way i would say in a fresh way but i'm sure there have been you know at least short stories and novels that have dealt with this version of, of, of thinking about artificial intelligence but it being in a show is is cool um mm-hmm. you know and and if it, it, it felt real and um and you know, obviously, and we've talked about this. Obviously, they just had—they were able to get some really terrific actors. I mean, especially like Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Anthony yeah. Hopkins, not Hopkins, Anthony yeah. Hopkins, Mr. Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins. Another inside joke. No one's gonna get. But uh, but, if you're um, Peter Serafinovich's biggest fan, you'll get it. But, you'll get it. But that's I us. Mean, <laughs> Anthony then, Hopkins is just—you know—like remember what we were talking about before. You know, how do we think about just actors in general? Because you, know, you can say this guy is one of the best actors ever. I mean, the thing is, like, you can look at all sorts of people like that. Tom Hanks is great. You know, James Earl Jones is great. These are all great actors. Anthony Hopkins is also. But if you want to pick, like, is there a specific performance that's one of the best of all time? Right. I do think you can pick, you know, The Silence of the Lambs. As one of them, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's a pretty phenomenal role that he did. And he's terrific in this. I mean, he really ups the level of the show mm-hmm. with his performance. I mean, Ed Harris is pretty much there with him. Um, I don't think it's the not that Ed Harris could Ed Harris could do his own spin on. I mean, I think Anthony Hopkins was was the perfect you know perfect for the role of four but like if ed harris had that role he could carry it too you know i mean i mean he he could be the lead you know uh in it in it in it too but the thing is is like is anthony hopkins really just raised the bar of the entire Mm -hmm. show um oh and then and then jeffrey wright of 
course. Jeffrey Wright's fantastic. I mean, he's yeah. so good. Um, and for someone who, for someone who kind of is, is kind of typecast, you know, in a certain sense, he, he kind of uh, is a, is a, like ha, like is typecast in roles. He nails it every time. He's like kind Let of typecast. Let me tell you my favorite parts that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's two things that jump out to me. One is when he is starting to fall apart. When he's like, no, 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 I can't be. My son, I can't be. And he's like having the existential crisis. And he says, uh, calm down, Bernard. And then he just shuts off. And yeah. Like, so par- And I heard some of the high, some of the, uh, there were some interviews with some of the, with, uh, with like John, you know, Jonathan Nolan, who's one of the guys. And it's like some of the directors were saying that for some of the actors, they actually did use CGI to make them freeze artificially. Mm-hmm. But with Jeffrey Wright, they didn't have to. Of course, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and he said it was like it was actually unsettling. <laughs> yeah, no, and how, it, and it how like he, do he it. was, he was, I mean, he he's phenomenal, and he, he's yeah. he's so good. That's why he's such a good team with Anthony Hopkins. Like they they just, you know, okay. What was you said? There was another part that was your favorite with him. It's after that where he's getting really angry at you know uh, at Ford. Where you know, and he just like flips over this chair and this like thing of anger, and it's like, oh, you've never really seen him angry before. Like he, uh-huh. he got, he has like this energy that's right there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's you know, it's great, you know. That's yeah. Just, you know. I know. Here's yeah. here's something which you, I don't know if you know this or not. Robert Ford is actually a reference to something. Okay. Uh, Robert Ford, it was a legendary outlaw in the West hmm. who is known for killing uh, Jesse James ah. to, to collect the award on his on his head. Okay. Uh, and they, they, there was a movie that was made out of it a few years ago, which was like the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, in mm-hmm. which uh, Robert Ford is played by Casey Affleck. Mm-hmm. And he got a, a nomination for an Oscar for that. Really? But, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, so it's, it's kind of interesting in that I don't know if that is, if that's like just a reference that they just sort of threw in there, or if it actually means, or if that has a deeper a deeper meaning. I mean, yeah. it, it could it, it could. I mean, he's you know he's. I mean, it can't he masters be a coincidence. It he's a Western co- outlaw. There's well, no also way. also, I mean, if you think about it, it's like Robert Ford in some sense masters the West. If you can kill the the biggest outlaw, the most famous yeah. outlaw, you know, then you yeah. mastered it, and that's the thing. I mean, clearly, yeah, who clearly, is Ford the biggest was, outlaw. Jesse James is one of the biggest ones. Oh, I thought you were talking about in Westworld the series. Well, well then, well then, what I'll say in Westworld is just he's the master of everything. I mean, no one, no one outsmarts right. him. Right. So he he basically arranges the assassination of himself. Yeah. The, yes. Exactly. And the, the only the only yes. So the only person who could come close to outsmarting him um, was Bernard. That was that was the thing. Uh, you know, it, when Bernard was Bernard. Um, oh, that was a great moment with, with Jeffrey Wright too. Of when he he like has, when he tells Dolores like that he's gonna have to like kill himself or something, or that yeah. Dolores is gonna have to kill him. He gets in this like state where he's like possessed. He's like, so you're gonna have to, like, you know. But he's he's so convincing with it. It's a hard yeah. thing to do. But yeah, so so I mean, you know, clearly, clearly Ford was just like a master of of all of it, and he could. And n- no one was was ahead of him or outsmarting him. It, like I don't think there was even one moment where he was surprised, like where anyone like outdid him. Like there there was some stuff about like 
you know, there's some people he might not want to kill. Like, like it seemed like he didn't originally want to kill um, the Danish woman. What was her name in it? Uh, are, wait, are you, are you talking about Teresa? Yes, yes. So yeah. remember, it seemed, it seemed it seemed like he didn't particularly want to, and I kind of credit that that video that broke down that scene, mm-hmm. you know, talking about uh, Anthony Hopkins' performance in that, which showed yeah. that one of his things he had like a face of like regret or like like uh, sadness oh, for a second. The, the nerd writer. Right. Video. Well, because yeah. it kind of pointed out that there was actually a point where she said something where he was like he kind of felt bad that he's like ah you know I guess I'm gonna have to kill her too. Yeah. Um, um, so like, so so so, but besides that, it's not like anyone could 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 get ahead of it. It was so clear the woman from, what was the name of the company? I forgot what it was called. Which one? The, the one that that ran it or that bought it out. That bought out Westworld. Oh, uh, Delos. Yeah, clearly the woman who was like the executive from it. Clearly she um. I mean, it's clear she was not going to be able to out to outsmart. It was just Are you talking about the new person? Yeah. The you're talking about the black actress. Yeah, yeah. Who is Tessa Thompson? She played right. Charlotte, Charlotte Hale. Yeah. No, it was it was clear from the jump that she wasn't going to be able to to outsmart to to like. I mean, she she clearly is good at outsmarting people, but she clearly was not going to be able to outsmart uh, uh, Ford. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm sort of like going off on a tangent. Um. But just for all those elements, the fact that it was an interesting way of going of going about first of all just AI in general, um, they had some they had some good good things to explore there. There was you I, I cared about the characters definitely at least at least a number of them, even the AI characters, like right, that was well, part so, of the thing. You cared about them. You cared about their pain. You know, you cared about um, you know, their relationships. You even cared, and that's also what I was playing with. I mean, the whole thing with um with um. Uh, Bernard's uh, Bernard's son, you know, they um, with w- with that whole thing, like you actually kind of cared about that and having even having that memory, you know. So so they did a good job with that, and then also just the performances in general, and then the the special of effects and 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 how they did that. I think overall it does it is in perhaps the top ten, you know, with some of these shows or top fifteen, um, you know. I, I like other things better. But um, but I I definitely dug this one, and I thought it was ballsy too for them to go down yeah. this route. You know, it's yeah. it's it's not it's not a sure thing. No, that's um, true. It was and it was a very expensive show as well. Uh, yeah. But so let's let's just run through you know the cast here for a second. You know, just talk about each character you know in brief. So first there is the main character. I think you could argue Dolores, played by Evan mm-hmm. Rachel Wood. Uh huh. And. I think that she's great. She is, definitely. And you know, it's kind of any any time you have to like play like a fake person, you know, it's kind of like it's it's tricky. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like it's the classic problem. Like, how do you act well? You know, how do you act like an mm-hmm. actor is supposed to be? You know, a good actor. Uh, like, I can give you an example of a bad example. Uh, there was a. On Lifetime had this thing called the Full House Unauthorized Show uh, story or something, where it kind of mm-hmm. ostensibly told the real life story of how Full House. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the actress who's coming in to play DJ is go- is coming in to audition, um, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be mean, but she does a bad job in this <laughs> made for TV movie. Yeah, 
so they have a thing where they basically Wait, it's, a, like, it's a it's it's like a it's like a mockumentary or something no no it's not not really i mean i think they're they might pretend it is but it's just sort of a poorly made you know thing but they do it because they you know they're trying to get eyes and it worked you know they got a little bit of attention but it's not particularly good Mm-hmm. But anyway, they had a in the in this little thing like, oh, we're really gonna have this other actress. She's great. And then you know, Candace Cameron, the girl who's playing her. And by the way, Candace Cameron, the actual actress, is much better than this girl who was playing her. But right. She's, she's like, all right, mom. I, what am I gonna do? I'm you know, why, what if they don't like me? Well, you just gotta wow them, sweetheart. <laughs> and so basically, she goes in and now does she? Now uh, you didn't see La La Land, right? No. All right, well, one of the things that happens there is, like, Emma Stone is playing an actress, and I think you're supposed to think she's good. And that she can do, because Emma Stone is an amazing actress. Right. But in this case of this show, basically what they do instead is they sort of cut. They, they, you don't see her talking, uh, and they, but you so, see, like, the executives laughing it up, and, like, and like and, but it's like, oh, that's that, That's uh, a cheap trick right there. That's yeah. just laziness and cheap. And, man, is that a cheap, <laughs> that's such a cop-out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so Evan Rachel, you know, the, uh, if you look at like the people who got nominations <laughs> for this, um, the some people did, some people didn't. The like, for example, Golden Globes, which are always kind of, who knows what the hell's going on with them type of thing. They mm-hmm. actually did recognize, to a certain extent. They mm-hmm. they recognized Evan Rachel Wood and Tandy Newton for Best Actress mm-hmm. and Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. what they didn't do was anyone else from the show. They didn't even do Anthony Hopkins. That's crazy. <laughs> Unless like they're they're. I mean, as as Anthony Hopkins has he won an Oscar? Oh yeah, no, I just told you he won for. Final and Final he won Final. for that. He, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, let's hope he gets nominated for an Emmy. It's like, there's, it's like, I mean, I mean, I guess you could have that point of view. It's like, oh, he's had enough already. But honestly, that's ridiculous. Like, like his his performance deserves at least an Emmy nomination. Um, I feel so like for him. He he must he must. I mean, I don't know. He's but got to like what like, what is what is anyone thinking if they're gonna do if they're gonna do any male actor f- from the show. At all, right? Well, I mean, this they is should do him. I mean, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright too. I mean, is Jeffrey Wright like best supporting or best actor? Well, I don't know. It's but... hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, all right, well, let me just just give you a little. This is a slight tangent, but let's mm-hmm. just so, just so you know, uh, the people that were nominated for Golden Globes again. This is Golden Globes, so it's a little wonky. Was Rami Malek <laughs> just like Mr. just Robot. like. Just like, uh, just like in that episode of The Simpsons with Sideshow Bob, where they're like, when they're trying to get rid of his Oscars, right? He's like, "Sorry, you can't hold on to it. You can't. You, no it's Oscars. All awards are no, contraband. No, 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 no Emmys. No Oscars. Globe. No Tonys. Not even a Golden Globe." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so here are the uh, nominees that happened: Rami Malek for Mr. Robot, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Matthew Reese for the Americans and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. They are all deserving, obviously. Lee right. Schreiber for Ray Donovan, which is like, yeah, he was good, but come on. He wasn't as good as Anthony Hopkins and Billy Bob Short Thornton for Goliath. It's like, what? No. Yeah, you're Listen. definitely not happy about that. Yeah. 
Listen, he was good. If, he, if they had done it for, like, Fargo, which maybe they did, I don't remember, that would be fine, because he was good in that. But also, uh, I would, I do like Bob, you know, Bob Odenkirk, but I would mm-hmm. pick out him and Lee Schreiber and Billy Bob Thornton for, Je- for any of them, for Jeffrey Wright and Anthony mm-hmm. Hopkins, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matthew Royce was pretty great. And he and so was Robbie. Miller. He's always he's but, he's always uh, Matthew Matthew Rice is always great, right? Um, now, and then Rami Malik. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rami Ra, what, what Rami Malik does for the role, you know what I mean? The sacrifice, right. you know, you know what I mean? The way he gets into it is just great. But yeah, so I, I don't know for sure how it's going to work with like the supporting or not because this is all kind of like they do it weirdly. But uh, their supporting nominees are Sterling K. Brown. Who was from O.J. Simpson, mm-hmm. and John Travolta from People O.J. Simpson, supporting. Yeah, that makes sense. He he was supporting in it. You know it does. I'm just. I mean, I mean, there was, it was, there the was an ensemble to it, but, but he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're picking the best performances. Uh, Courtney B. Vance, who did Johnny Cochran, is leading for for that category. Yeah. John yeah, Lithgow, and he was amazing. Yeah. John Lithgow for The Crown. Which he was really good at. Christian Slater for Mr. Robot and Hugh Laurie for The Night Manager. And that's just because they love Hugh Laurie. But wait, 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 wait. That doesn't make sense because because People versus People versus OJ was this 2015. Like how, no, this is how. No, it was this year. It was this year. But didn't People versus OJ didn't they, it win some Emmys? It did because the Emmys no. are they're in a different time of the year. They are right, you know, right. But, but how did but how did it coincide with um? With uh, John Lithgow with the Crown, I thought that came after the Emmys. Because the Golden Globes was just they do it for the whole year. Oh, you're talking about the Golden Globes right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. the so, Emmys yeah. is a little bit different. So the Emmys happened before Westworld started. Right. So right. Westworld will, will be considered next year mm-hmm. for the Emmys. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but my point of all these people is like, none of these are bad performances. But I mean, how could you ignore? A, really ignore Anthony Hopkins, and also, how can you ignore Jeffrey Wright? It's just like, yeah. it just shows like how the Golden Globes are just stupid. So, <laughs> Alright, so, but let's let's get back into the, one of the people who was nominated, which is Tandy Newton, who played Maeve. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, she did a great job, and she is a great actress. Yeah. This, I, I wouldn't blame this when I'm going to say necessarily on her performance, performance um but i think maybe the second half or the last third i'd say that the last third of of her or maybe last fourth last third or fourth of of uh the season of where she was in it was kind of all the same i felt like like and there was a little bit of change but i felt like it was like she was like oh yeah i'm gonna kill all of you men you i thought you were gods but you stinking disgusting bearded nerdy men um <laughs> oh i like that line I like, yeah. no, no 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 but she she i feel like it, it got a little bit into that role of like of like she's this like femme fatale thing that became a, a little a little too like it wasn't actually cartoonish like because I'm, I'm being kind of it, it's kind of like when you're criticizing you know an all-star professional uh sports player for like messing up something not that she messed up anything but do you know what i'm saying though mm-hmm. it's just like I, I felt like i felt like um dolores's character kept kept 
kept up with the dynamics. Mm-hmm. I, um, Maeve had a, a, a big dramatic change that was significant and great, and 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 she and the actress handled it really really well. I'm just saying once she had that shift and and realized stuff, um, it th- those are the parts where it just became kind of this like action movie thing, and she was this like, you know, as I said, femme fatale. Right. So, okay. Uh, then we also have James Marsden who played Teddy. Mm-hmm. He was really good. He, he was, was really good. good. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see James Marsden given something that he can be good at. I mean, there's this, there's Enchanted, mm-hmm. uh, there is not X, uh, not X Men, obviously. <laughs> no, I mean he's it's it, it's it's cool. You know, he's he's you know he does a really good job, and and he shows some depth, and and that's also the really good thing about him is that you know he's got that look where he looks like the all-american cowboy who's, who's going to save save the day and he you know and he goes through his like existential crisis um right. which i think he pulled off well yeah that was cool i mean i liked how like you know we were tricked in like the first episode or two to think that he was a you know a guest but it turns out he was also a host which is kind of a little funny and mm-hmm. i told you like when i rewatched it how it was like oh okay yeah like yeah but so he was good. Uh, what what did you think of Armistice, the 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 evil female host? Uh she was she was good. She's still she, alive, you know. She just cut off her arm. <laughs> yeah, so, no, she she's she's good, and yeah. and you know, I was I was complaining about those things with with me with the femme fatality. But I think part of it is that is that is that she was um she was changing in the kind of like. It, it just stayed the same, but but with with this character, I guess what I like with, with the person you just mentioned is that she was she she had only really one type of character to play, but she sold it really well. Um, yeah, she was you know, and like in that final episode where she where you know she's gonna be biting that guy's finger, it was mm-hmm. like you know that was like where she gave like him like the eh, I'm gonna bite your thumb off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Don't you yeah. know? And you know it's, it it takes some talent to uh, be really terrifying while naked. So you know, yeah, no, good. she 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 pulled it off. She definitely pulled it off. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> and and she and she looked and, and like and like when she was like in the cowboy thing, like she's yeah, she just played this like vicious, <laughs> vicious character. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. What about uh, you know the other Hemsworth? Luke Hemsworth, who played Ashley Stubbs, he, he didn't was, have that much to do. So yeah, the real question but, is, do you think he's still alive? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe he becomes a host. I mean, you don't forget any character can come back as a host, technically speaking. Although I don't think that's going to happen for Ford. But that being said, there is sort of the classic thing. It happened with Game of Thrones, even with books. Where if you don't see them, you know, they don't see the body, don't assume they're dead type of thing. Doesn't mean they're not right. necessarily dead. But remember, I t- remember the whole thing, spoilers for Game of Thrones. I said, after everything that happened with, like, Arya and everything, I don't believe that Theon is really dead. And you said, no, he's dead. And I was right. Yeah. Yeah, then Reek. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh I mean, it's I'm true. not getting into I, and, the show because the show is they they like to play tricks on you, you know, even more so than the, than George R. R. Martin did. But right. the so I don't know. I mean, it would be 
kind of like a boring death in a sense because he never really did anything interesting. I mean, he's not the most interesting character. Right. I mean, the performance is fine. He's I see why he's necessary in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's like they needed one guy who's like the most competent idiot, I guess. Not, not that he was an idiot, but you know what I mean. Like he was he, he, not 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 an idiot, but you know what I mean. Like he doesn't he doesn't like question a lot. He wasn't really trying to dig yeah, deeper well, into it, he but wasn't, he he wasn't an idiot. Right, like, you right. know, he had the gun ready to go, but he just, just he didn't. <laughs> I mean, essentially, he didn't. What he didn't do was take into account that Ford would be sabotaging the system to make it right. impossible for for him to do anything. Right, he's like, what you, but, but he's, you can do about that. He's a chess piece, not a player. That, right. that, that's I guess kind of my point. You know, and not right. even a very big piece. He's you know he's a not a pawn, but he's a he's a knight. I he's guess. a snook. Right. He's a schnook. <laughs> what right. a schnook. Speaking of about other chess pieces, what did you think of uh, Teresa? I, I really liked her performance. It was she had that very subtle she's she really nailed that kind that, that very um subtle and nuanced performance. Yeah. Um like really well and, 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 and you know, when people can do that, then when they actually go crazy, it's just it just shows how, how much control they have over their like craft you could say or what they do because when she she did a great job at dying i mean really oh, yeah. she, she, like, she it was she, like it was great because it was the betrayal if so in like several levels it was yeah know, which was great, yeah you know, it was like the horror it was the horror of it of just like of like of like she knows what's going on and the shock and then mm -hmm. yeah the, the betrayal mm -hmm. thing and she also you know she she did, as I said, with the subtle stuff, which also Jeffrey Wright and, of course, Anthony Hopkins are great at, um, with subtle work, like, also her face and how she, um, how she, when she needed to, like, pause, she needs to, like, end the relationship with Bernard, um, she, like, had a look. Where, I mean, she she did it just so well of, like, you know, she was determined that she was, you know, she was about business and all that, but mm -hmm. you could you could still see, like, the like, the hurt just in her eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That she didn't want to want to do it. So, um, well, and, oh, and always, and, that's like a tricky thing, you know, from an acting perspective. I mean, as you know, trying to emote with your eyes mm -hmm. is hard. It it, ta it takes a skilled actor. I mean, a very skilled yeah. actor to, to to do. Also, her 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 like reaction. Remember to seeing the the papers. You know the, the sketch when she finds out that Bernard is 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 a host. Um, oh yeah, that was her, great. She had an uh, amazing reaction to that. You know, she, like yeah, well, especially because of his response of, no, I don't see anything. Mm -hmm. This doesn't look like anything. Yeah, it that whole look thing. Like anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she was great. Uh, you know, the guy who played the you know Lee Sizemore, you know. I feel like that was just one of those things. Like he was another pawn. Wait, which which one was that? He was yeah. like the guy who was like the narrative guy who was like pissing on everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like mean, he, he just he, seems he did like the role. he's just another pawn for other people. He's clearly a pawn for other people, and then it, it was and it was good that they they dealt with him early on in the in the series. Like I mean, he's no threat at all to 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 Ford. And Ford just even though Ford's whole thing wasn't what the, the lie he said about why Sizemore's thing didn't work, but he just made right. a quick work of him just being like, being like, like no, like like what are you? <laughs> yeah, very yeah. very clearly a pawn. And very clearly wanted to just be Ford without understanding Ford. 
Um, right. Okay, well, so what did you think about Hector, the gang leader that helps them escape? The... the he, he, he was all right. He's all right. I mean, he, he, he sold it well. Um, I... Part of the thing I didn't like about the finale is, I mean, I, I thought the action chase thing was too long. Like, I just, it just, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was just this long action thing that just was, I think, unnecessarily long. Um, and and he was sort of okay. like a part of that. Um, but he wasn't. He, I don't have any real complaints about him. Right. All right. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, well, what do you think of Elsie? Who was that again? She play. She was like the assistant to Bernard, and then it seems like he kills her. At least that's the implication we're getting. Although again, oh I right, know, she might right. not be. It's it's again. You know, I no. I kind of hope she isn't dead. Right. She was an interesting character. Know. She had an interesting. She was. She clearly was was kind of was an interesting, was an interesting person, and the right. actress played her well. Um. Yeah, I, I liked. Uh, yeah, I liked her. Yeah. So. Um, he asked me about the 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 assistants, like the technicians, the ones who like set. Yeah, what do you think of those guys, Felix and uh, Sylvester? Um, um, Felix was the guy actually. Let's go, like the the Asian guy, right? Yeah, Felix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I mean I thought he did a better job than the other guy. Um, not the other guy did a bad job, but I, I think. I think his character was good, and he, you know, it was good how it was like. At the end of the day, it was kind of like he actually really wanted to see what would happen and wanted to re- release them. Well, it you know what I mean? Like that was that was, that was he, kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, it seemed like he had kind of decided that he thought it was immoral keeping those people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 clearly, Maeve picked up on that, and yeah. and and they all did that. That you know, he was, yeah, you know, and. And but he did a good job of doing that while still being shocked and freaked out by the whole. Thing. Well, yeah. So. Well, understandably um, too. Yeah. Yes, yes, of, of course. That's got to be very terrifying. <laughs> and, and they capture that well. Should capture how terrifying it is for these things to suddenly come alive, and you know. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I mean, that is a trope, obviously, in in AI things, uh, the stories yeah. of that that they come alive at some point. <laughs> yeah. Felix, <laughs> you did it again, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you let out the robots, the robots, the robots. Uh, all right. Well, what what do you think of uh, Jimmy Simpson? Who was that again? He played. Uh, he played um William. Uh, is he the guy who's in House of Cards? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 did well. I mean, he's got he's got that kind of dark. Af- part of it, maybe it's I'm, my impression is colored by um by his his character on House of Cards, but he's got kind of that dark thing to him that he does well. So um, when he does stuff that's lighter, not that he's not convincing. It's just that it's got a little bit of. I don't want to say creepy aura that it's, uh, but it's it's a little it's a little like like he's got this unsettling mm-hmm. aura to him. But that, but it, it's kind of it's it's kind of interesting. So it's got its own flair to it. Uh, but I will say my least favorite, uh, it, maybe this is the next one you're you're gonna do. My least favorite performance definitely was was his uh, his like soon to be brother in law or whoever. That uh, was that was yeah. definitely the, the most hammy and Logan? and yeah that was. I, I think that was the weaker point of the show, both with the, the writing and the and and possibly the acting. I mean, I don't know if um if it had been 
I don't know which one was the weaker part of that. You know, maybe if he had been given a better character, he would have traded differently, step up to it, or maybe it was just that he wasn't really able to channel really anything but kind of just being this bro. I mean, really, that's <laughs> that, 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 that's what he was. He was this business bro, you know, who like belongs in who belongs like one of the stereotypical business bros in Mr. Robot. So that's where he should have been. He but um, in a museum. I get it. Do you agree with me though with with his with that character? I, I don't think it didn't work, but it was it was a little too broish, you know. Like I mean, he was I just so obvious, and of course he becomes a Confederate soldier. Oh, to show how fucking evil he is, you know what I mean? Like I think that that imagery. <laughs> no, you, do you know what I mean? Like I mean that that imagery and the symbolism of like the Confederate and Union stuff. I I I I I think I like I thought that was an interesting thing to do. But it was just so obvious. Of course, he's gonna. Confederate, yeah. You show how how evil I am. <laughs> like that's literally what he is. So, right. well, I mean, but the Confederates there though, not quite the same Confederates. But you the implication, I mean? implications of course, he's going to. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but they're um, not the same as all the other ones. I mean. I understand what you're saying. It's, just it's like it's like you know how Cartman's always going to do everything that's awful in the in the yeah. show, and he's going to be drawn to everything, anything that's sexist, racist, um, uh, hateful, mean, violent, horrible, selfish, and stuff. I mean, yeah. obviously, I love South Park and I and I love Cartman, but what I'm saying is it, that's kind of like what they did with this guy, except he didn't have Cartman's charm, you know, to him or, or hilariousness. It was just it was a, it was a little too much of a of a stereotype for me but again you know the level of the other actors was so was so high that it's that you know i'm you know <laughs> i can't totally fault him so. right, well yeah i mean no but i guess i never asked you what did you think of clementine i i like that i actually she did a good job at the pausing remember like when she yeah. would pause as a robot she she was very convincing with that I mean, I mean, definitely, definitely, um, Evan Rachel Wood was, um, mm-hmm. convincing with, with it, um, but, uh, but I thought the girl, well, what's her name again? The one who played? Angela Serafian. Serafian, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and she really, she played the part well, and, and she and, um, Tandy, is that her name? The, the Tandy, actress? Yeah. They had a good dynamic with each other. Even though it yes. wasn't there all the time, they they had a really a really cool, like um, relationship and dynamic going on between each other that I really enjoyed. Right. Well, that's why I liked it. You know, when they had the whole replacing her, and she's like, uh, "This ain't Clementine." <laughs> Wait, who said that? <laughs> well, <laughs> he may not have said that. Yeah, some guy but... walked in. He's like, "That ain't Clementine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what she says. And they said she put like two one hand on each hip, and she's like. Listen, y'all. <laughs> listen, <laughs> you all <Yes>. people. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're right. He said, listen, y'all. <laughs> like, like that British way. <laughs> it's like she can't, she, she just simply cannot put those two words without like separating them by a pause. Because it's like, all right, uh, all right, Tanti, I want you to say y'all. You all, no, y'all. You all, no. You Up all, and atom. No. Up and at them. <laughs> Up and at them. <laughs> yeah, it's closer. Uh, so uh, let's, let's move on a little bit here. So what did you think about the way the structure was? You know, it, it seemed 
like a lot of it was intended to kind of like mess with you, right? Uh-huh. So they were, you know, because at the very from the very beginning they're showing you different timelines, and right? It only becomes clearer later that oh yeah, it was all different timelines. Mm-hmm. So do you think mm-hmm. that was like a good thing? Like do you think it was just a twist for twist's sake? Do you feel like it actually made sense into in a way that like yeah, because it didn't. It didn't like everything was really kind of explained at least from that side. There are still questions, but you know, at least the the different timelines we know what they all are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought it was it, it wasn't. I mean, the biggest twist they did really well when you find out Bernard is 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 a host. That was done exceptionally well. That was one of the best twists I've ever I've ever seen. Um, that I totally didn't see coming. Um, mm-hmm. The twist with the timelines, I didn't see it coming, but I was like, okay. That, that that works, and then it, it explained um, the Ed Harris character, um, Man in Black or whoever. That that, that explained him well, and um, and it explained uh, Do- Dolores too. Um, I, I I wasn't the, I didn't dislike it. In fact, I liked it, but I wasn't the biggest fan of the finale. I don't think it didn't do its job. I just think mm-hmm. there was like some kind of excessive stuff. Like there was some drag. It was like kind of and a little bit of the back and forth of bernard like dying and then he comes back and and all that stuff not that he shouldn't come back but it's like it, it, there's a, there's a little bit of this back and forth stuff going on that i felt also with dolores where she was just constantly in that 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 word state i don't know what's going on you know she, and it was it, that that like <laughs> that you sound like that that, <laughs> that that was a little uh... Well, that was actually pretty good, actually. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, I was like, that... at first I was going to decry it as like a bad impression, but then I was like, no, actually, no, that's actually funny. yeah, yeah. Well, well <laughs> I mean, she's and she's and as we said, Evan Rachel is 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 terrific in it, but 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 um, I I think that that lasted. It, it wasn't her fault, but I'm saying I think that kind of dragged out, kind of in the way. Spoiler for Orange is the New Black. Um, season three, I think the end of season three, where they're all in that um, they're all in that lake or whatever, mm-hmm. and that final oh, right. scene. I felt like yeah. that that went on for like twenty minutes, and it could have been like five, maybe ten minutes. You know what I mean? Like, well, so I felt. I, I mean, felt... are we talking about the season finale of Orange of the New Black? Of, of that were, season, where they were, were they... going for a swim? For yeah, three hours, for like three hours. Or so, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like a three-hour swim. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like that's they, nice. No. Like I hope, like it's nice that they got, I guess, a three-hour swim. <laughs> right, and then it was just a little weird that they just filmed it and then they put it on the <laughs> yeah, screen. Yeah, they just filmed them having a swim. Like I feel like there was conversations. Like, man, it sure is great to swim. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> you gonna go swimming? Maybe I will in a bit. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm thinking about it too. Maybe I'll just dip my toes in for it. That's what I feel like was yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, there. it was a little weird when like everyone moved off camera and you just heard like the splashing sounds for like a. <laughs> 40 minutes but yeah, yeah what's that? so what i'm saying is this kind of with it wasn't totally like that but it, it was like a little bit too much drag of just like dolores you know freaking out without moving it so much forward it didn't kill it and it, like so I, I felt like the i felt like the season finale could have been like 15 to 20 minutes shorter so also also with like the the, the big shootouts that were going on um too you know within the facility not that it shouldn't happen it's just Again, I felt like that was a little, a little dragged out. That kind of because because the show is, it, 
it was very good at the slow build of of all the action and violence and all sorts of stuff going and it's it's kind of a a mind trip and yeah there is some of the, the action going on there which 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 does need to be there you know it's it, 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 it's it's it, it makes sense for it to be there but but it was just like by that point i think it was too much so so yeah so so just just, just like just barely too much but just like with um with with Dolores in the in the uh, I, I've said my point like five thousand times. <laughs> yeah. Just dragging a little bit with Dolores stuff, but but I but the, the, the changing time thing I think worked. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting because you didn't look at the internet with any of this kind of crap, and I did. Mm-hmm. So basically, not spoilers, but for the most part, every twist. I saw coming because I'd heard so many like theories, some of which were wrong, but some of which like when I went back and rewatched them, like oh no, yeah that's definitely what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bernard being Arnold, yeah, you know, I kind of like I saw that. Yeah. Uh, the that the men in black and William were the same. I saw that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I didn't see coming was that Ford was actually on Arnold's side and that his the death of his friend hmm. changed him. Yeah, yeah, that was good too. That, that that's a real skill of the show too to, to sort of take forward from being first this kind of like mysterious genius who who's like just knows truly what people want, you know what I mean, and, and, and but in maybe somewhat of a benevolent way to kind of this evil genius right. to kind of like he's not an evil genius. Necessarily, I mean, he does kill all those people in the end. Yeah, but, but he's doing it for a very specific reason, which is he's he's since he's thinking I'm going to be dead anyway. It's like who else? Who cares? I mean, other people if they have to die too to get to where I need to go. Well, that's what has to happen. Hell, if I'm sacrificing myself, I'm certainly not going to have you know qualms. Maybe he does have qualms, like he feels bad, but he's still going to do it. You know, I mean, like, he's, I, he's, I mean, are, do, do all these people deserve, deserve to die? I mean, I'm not, I mean, I think I'm not, I'm not convinced they were so, I mean, no, no, I'm sure, I'm when sure I some, say deserve, I don't mean literally deserve. I mean, from the, their impediments to getting the future that he wants, which is this like, freedom. Yeah. And what is that, by the way? Maybe we should talk about that. Yeah. What is that? Uh, what, what is his goal? I actually wasn't very clear about that. He wants Dolores to break out to be sentient. Right. To be, to be really sentient. And the, o- and, and the only way to do that is with pain. Right, right. But what's his ultimate purpose for doing this anyway in the first place? Like, why does he want a... Well, these Arnold AI, is the like... one who said, hey, you know, maybe we... Uh, we should let these people free, but because he tried to, because he said no, they're you know they're essentially sentient. They're like beings. We shouldn't enslave them. Oh, saying just the moral thing of just letting them go, but but, but right. not necessarily so that's going to benefit humanity. Arnold tried to get it to happen by forcing Dolores to kill him. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. So instead, he he realized. How did he Ford realize? He realized the humanity of himself by the pain he felt by the loss of his friend. And he realized that 
is how these people, you know, these um, ho- you know these hosts yeah. can evolve by thinking of memories, the pain. Yeah. That is why, that's the whole, if you're talking about the reverie thing from the very beginning, Dolores kept remembering her past, her pain, the painful past. That was what kept her being able to evolve. Same thing that happened for Maeve. She was remembering, like, the loss of her daughter, mm-hmm. the past live, and that was another, like, trying to, you know, we still don't know exactly what was going on with her, except right. that it seemed like if he wasn't involved with her, which he probably was, he was probably, it seemed like it, what, Bernard was saying, he's like, well, it seems like the plan is for you to leave the park and go back to the mainland. And it's like, wait, what is the plan there? Is he, what is mm-hmm. he doing? Maybe he was actually like trying to get her out because mm-hmm. he's like, okay, Dolores shoots me. Well, she's not going to really, it's probably she's not going to be able to escape. So let me try to have like essentially two things happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially get have like a bunch of crap going on so that Maeve can escape and then Dolores will shoot me so that I'll have like, it will be two options. So it's sort of an interesting. That, that's my interpretation mm-hmm. of what of, the, of that plan because we never really know exactly who was involved with Miss Maeve, other than it was somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was the thing of um, what was the name of the man in black again? What was the name? The, yeah, William. There was a thing where at one point William does come, and I think doesn't doesn't he kill her, her daughter in one of the simulations that kills her? There yeah. was once where he does, but also there's clearly just some stuff of like. There's just like, like, like uh, the, like the tribe or whatever, like, like killing, you know, like uh, what's called, like, like whatever, whatever, like they were getting attacked by some like, um, some like Native American or American Indian, um, uh, like raiding party or something like that. Yeah. Wasn't that how it was? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, okay. I, I So I feel like, you know, in general, you know, I wasn't sure, because I liked a lot of these twist things, but I was, always, I was always, like, wondering, like, how would someone who isn't involved with all this stuff, and I'm glad that you did appreciate a lot of these twists without, you know, and the thing is, I, the fact that I kind of anticipated, but it still worked pretty well for me, I think is a sign of the strength of how mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. And that it feels earned. So, mm-hmm. I want to move on a little bit here, mm-hmm. um, which is um, to this, like, when we're looking into the, you know, the future of the show. I mean, there's, so do you think, like, what's the next thing? Are they going to just, like, start from the next place? Do you, do yeah. Is that what you want to see? Very, it's, it's very up in the see, air. Do you want to see a time jump? Do you want to see him jump to, like, a samurai world? I mean, I kind of want to see that's actually, the that's other good world. Point. I want to see, like, you know, like what happens in Samurai World if there is such a thing. Well, actually, that's an interesting thing because the, the term is Westworld, but they can probably play with that in the sense of, like, what does that mean, a Westworld? Because there is that sort of undertone of, of like, frontierism and, like, colonialism. The fact – the fact – or stuff in America, the fact that they had, you know, like, Confederate – our army and and union and and they had like native americans and they had um and it was kind of like had that whole thing about business that whole like overtone yeah. of like of like business and sort of capitalism stuff like there was there was a little bit of that sort of commentary there it wasn't hitting you over the head with it but it was a little bit of that sort of like being cold and heartless for the sake of you know 
for the sake of the enjoyment of whoever can pay or you know and, and the whole conquest thing that's there so you know if they do something in the east east worlds you know what i mean or whatever you know samurai or they yeah. or, or, or or something else like that that could connect with it i think i, I didn't even think about that they might just do a different park um the thing i was interested in is like are they going to show the outside world at all and that's mm-hmm. and that's i could see why maybe in the entire show they never do and sort of what it is you just have to build it up in your mind i could see that working that, that could definitely work um, I could also see them doing stuff in in that actual world at the time. It's just there is a risk of it getting too dumb, you know. Uh, somehow, yeah. you know, if, if, like if they do that, it's they've they put themselves like on a, on a pretty strong path already. And uh-huh. if Anthony Hopkins doesn't come back, which I assume he won't be, you know, they are kind. Oh of, wait, unless he comes back as a host. I understand. I just don't think they would. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a bit robbing of what happens. But I think I mean Jeffrey Wright. He's not dead, so he'll he can come back. We didn't see yeah. Harris die, so he can right. come back as well. Right. Uh, but the fact that they don't have Anthony Hopkins is just there's nothing going around it. It just can't be as good just because he won't be there. So yeah, gotta, I, I really do raise, not know at all what they're gonna do because it's a now self-contained. A, it could be self a self-contained thing yeah. anyway yeah you know, go like ahead it's funny like if they did like the you know the samurai thing i kind of wonder about like who is the you know is there really like a great like fantastic japanese actor mm-hmm. uh the guy from rogue one is he is he, is he japanese oh crap <laughs> he's chinese but Dad. sorry <laughs> I don't. I don't. I. I. I literally don't know any. Um, like well, by I'm name. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Japanese of like, um, like Sonny Chiba, is really good. He was. He's in his seventies. He was in Kill Bill. He played the guy who made the sword. He had that awesome. Oh, voice, that's right. You know, like, I am making <gasps> the sword. Yeah. No, but he had a great voice. Yeah, he was. He was fantastic. Yeah. yeah uh. Yeah. I mean. Hmm. I'm not really sure who else is like. The thing is, like, they're, uh, they're definitely like. Well, Ken Watanabe is is good. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not Anthony Hopkins good though, but he is really good. Uh, I mean, it's not. Listen, I, I I'm sure there's also really great actors too. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's sort of hard for me to say off the top of my head to well, come up with. Also, them. is everyone going to be Japanese? The thing is, they could play with it, and they could have even some hosts that aren't. Even the ones that are playing samurai that aren't Japanese, you know, they, they could like do they could do stuff like that. I mean, they definitely could have like, and I'll continue with the theme that I was just talking about. They could have people who are like maybe like the 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 Western imperialists, you know, trying to influence Japan. Because I mean, because like the history with like with um, Japanese imperialism, and then when Western, you know, when when there was like Western imperialism, and then you know. They, they when they tried to sort of, um, you know, have more influence in Japan, and Japan like uh, um, uh, re- resisted a lot of that. That that could be like an interesting point in time that they could point to that actually coincide. Was it the 1800s? I think it was in the late 1800s. Maybe getting that wrong, but well, that could be an interesting thing. I mean, if Toshiro Mufune was still around, which he's not, he passed away in the 90s, but. He was from like Seven Samurai. Like he was like Kurosawa's guy. That guy was uh, phenomenal. But, yeah, I, well, 
Well, an interesting thing, though. Uh, sorry, I'm making a totally different point, but uh, but it, 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 it could potentially be a world that that some people would be attracted to because you know the the, the West world thing, the Wild West, is you know people just going going crazy, you know, or even if they're not going crazy, they could have their own code, but they could be their own like badass person. But with the samurai thing, it could attract people who'd be like, you know, you have this like super sense of like honor. You're this ultimate warrior who's going to save, you know, save, you know, the land or the world with dignity or something like that. Uh, like, like I'm, I'm sure that could attract people there too. So, I mean, who doesn't want to be a samurai? I mean, let's mm-hmm. go. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you do duels. Point too. Yeah, but I mean, here's an interesting thing. Like, you know, as much as they could fake the swords, you know, like the guns, you know, it does seem like you could get hurt with other ways. So, I mean, we, they already had like knives and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, did they already have a way to like prevent you from getting hurt by knives? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, because I mean, when you start getting into yeah. uh... <laughs> when you start getting into that, I think it's a little. Um... I think you know what I'm saying. It's like, how do you defend against the Kill Bill-style stuff? Yeah. I mean, who knows? I think that's a good point, that that maybe it'll do, like, a different world. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who takes over afterwards. Because, you know, you have the Ed Harris char- character. If he's still alive, definitely there's going to be some stuff with him, most likely. Maybe two. You know, maybe one of the hosts is going to is gonna take over and create the world. I mean, Bernard is... You know, one of the it's like the second command of it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So all right. So then I guess that there is like a follow up, which is sort of like you you feel like there is a racism issue at all in the show. What do you mean? Well, um, I mean it, it's tricky because in a lot of ways it's rel- relatively diverse. You know, I loved that we had. You know, Felix as an aging guy who is just sort of, he could just be the guy. He's a tech. You know, he's mm-hmm. not the smartest guy. He's not the dumbest guy. He's a little dumb. But, you know, he, he was also, I loved, I loved, oh my God, that scene in the finale where he looks at his hands and he's like, oh, what? Uh, am, I, <laughs> am I a host? And she's like, darling, no. You're not a host. <laughs> darling. <laughs> darling, please. Are, are you saying you saying you liked how like he didn't play into the stereotype? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, no, that was yeah. good. I, I I like that kind yeah. of diversity, but you know, yeah. it, it always is tricky because the whole native tribe thing is like I mean, right. that's a part of the romance, right. right? And they're definitely themed like they're just we don't see any native characters, right? And that that could that could you, maybe they will do it, or that could have been definitely something they could have gone with. I mean, that, and that and, that, and that, that wouldn't have been a crazy thing at, at all because part of the whole Western thing is interacting with you know the the the, the indigenous people, and then and then like having um, I mean there were even Western even even before Unforgiven. I mean the the, the searchers was one of the, the the big ones. I think that was the one with uh, John Wayne. Where you sort of saw the perspective, like a, a little bit of, you know, the uh, of um, the the native tribes there, um, and so they, they could have done that because also you know you know th- there was interaction and there were times you know um, people were taught you know or they taught some of the the settlers you know ways of tracking or ways of like guiding them through the land you know th- th- there could have been stuff there, uh, yeah they did show the tribes being 
they're, they're just showing people, you know, them being vicious just just in these attacks. And I think that could have been that could have been something interesting there, just showing an aspect of it. But but you're right, they didn't like expand from there. They just sort of left it like that. Um. Okay. Well, I'd like to. There's two other things I just want to talk about before we, uh, you know, shut her off our mm-hmm. mortal coil here. Uh, the first thing is the title of the final episode, which is called "The Bicameral Mind." Mm-hmm. Now, do you know what that is? Well, they said it was. They said it was like right one part of the mind that t- talking to the other. Yes. Right. That's that's right. It comes from an old uh, psych, you know, psychological theory. Uh, from the 70s, which they mm-hmm. mention a bit, a little bit. There's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know much about it. It's called the origin of consciousness, and he had this theory. Uh, did you ever read the Neil Stephenson book Snow Crash? Nope. All right, it, it's actually a really good book, but the sure. there's a but I would bring it up as a as a point if, to help you understand. But if you haven't read it, it's not going to really help. Right. What he he has this theory that basically people didn't have like real cognitive thought until much more recently and so he says if you look at like old texts like the old testament or like the iliad people didn't seem to have like Mm self-awareness like you know they didn't have introspection but some of the later things such as for example what they what what they call ecclesiastes or kohelet uh does Mm -hmm. because that came later or homer's odyssey which is also later Mm-hmm. There did seem like it. so he talks about like the gods he thought were something the reason that they were more anthropomorphic earlier on and, and was auditory hallucinations which was part of the brain talking to you right you confused right. for gods or whatever right I've message. heard I've heard that theory before yeah yeah now uh, this is not um, a widely accepted theory uh, <laughs> it it is not. It's not considered to be that is for sure. That's what it is. You know, people mm-hmm. don't agree, uh, but you know, it's it's a it really has a compelling feeling. You know, and yeah. I think so, but once you understand that, then it kind of makes sense what they're alluding to here in the in the show about that to become sentient, to become self-aware, more than just thinking in a sense. Like they do think, but do they can they think of themselves? Mm-hmm. Is the distinction? Well, that and was the whole that... thing because the center was the center of the maze was was the cent was herself. Remember that was the whole thing, right? So when she talks to herself, when she acknowledges the voice she's hearing, is her own voice. Mm-hmm. That is the resolution of the bicameralism, right? Become one mind, right? Right. Uh, and I think I, I like that. You know, I think yeah. that's a, you know, and I really think that's such a it's such an elegant metaphor. For that kind of self-introspection, mm-hmm. you know, talking to yourself, and I really, I really dug that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I also liked that she was able to play two different versions of herself in the same scene. That's a, yeah. a nice little acting challenge that she yeah. pulled off. She's yeah. she's she's talented. Yeah. So, so just to sort of you know wrap it up here a little bit, you know, we look at you know the show that was a new it's the new thing, you know. And Game of Thrones is going to be ending in like a, you know a season or two. I think mm-hmm. they said two more, uh, or maybe one more. I think was the last one. The last one. Whatever it is, it's like it's not going on forever. But right. 
Westworld could theoretically have a couple more seasons. Now they had it's not coming back until 2018. Right. And I think I, I, I mentioned to you before, but I'll just remind uh, for the sake of anyone who doesn't know that Jonathan Nolan, who is one of the co-creators along with his partner, Lisa Joy, was saying that, you know, he doesn't understand how the Game of Thrones people do it in a year. He said that's just, you know, it's, he said, I'm very impressed, but yeah, it's too fast for us. Yeah. He said, like, making a movie with Christopher Nolan is like a three-year effort, <laughs> and Game of Thrones is somehow one year, and their compromise is, well, we can do it in two and yeah. have it be a huge, expansive, you know, show with all, like this, you know, but we can't. This one one year is just too short right. for the amount of work that needs to go into it. Right. And my opinion is, just like with George R. R. Martin writing his book, which is mm-hmm. if you can get it right, take the time you need. Right. Yep. So, yep. Agreed. The final question is: We both saw Ex Machina and considered that one of the best movies mm-hmm. in 2015. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think. We disagree on that. Mm-hmm. That movie had a lot of stuff about consciousness and morality and AI and stuff, and it was amazing. Do you think Westworld is better or worse at all that than Ex Machina? So, so here, so here's here's my answer. Which I think this is probably I, I could say a bunch of different things, but I feel like the closest to the truth is that this is an expanded Ex Machina, essentially. Like I don't know if. The same people writing Ex Machina, or you know, the same people, person behind it, or whatever. If it were expanded, if it would have been, you know, better necessarily than than Westworld, or if Westworld was just one film, whether it would have, you know, because I think you could make an argument that perhaps Westworld would have been just as strong as Ex Machina, or almost as strong. Um, and I mean, overall, I mean, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. since it didn't have as much room for you, since it was since it was much like tighter and it was just one thing, it's uh, it, also more of a singular vision. Exactly. Uh, it was, exactly. It was Alex Garland who wrote and directed it. So even when he made changes to his own script, when he directed it, he was the one making the change. Right. So I mean, you could say ultimately it succeeded. That you could say it had fewer flaws than Westworld, but again, if you're a show. When yeah. if your entire show with entire season is it not going to have flaws? So I mean it's, it's nothing to answer, right. but I but so and I yeah. think part of that if you're not doing something like Fargo or Black Mirror or whatever, where or where it's like anthology where it's supposed to be self-contained in a way, mm-hmm. and there is a bit of self-containedness, but the idea is you wanted to be able to keep going forward. You want to tell more stories, you can't just wrap it all up. So mm-hmm. although I do think you have a point in that as a unit. Ex Machina is more without flaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither is without flaw, but I think Ex Machina is better from that mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, they're just they're you know it's one thing is trying to tell you stuff in you know two hours, the other thing is trying to tell you something in ten hours. Right, know? it's just right. different. Right. And you know, there definitely is sometimes in Westworld where I thought mm, this could be tightened a little bit. But in general, I thought it was pretty good for people. Yep. Wise. Yep. And that's not always the case. I mean, you look at the Netflix shows; those always seem to have some, you know, some stretch. Except for Stranger Things, that was pretty. That was shorter. Right. That wasn't. That, that wasn't was flawless. That wasn't flawless, but it was pretty close. It was pretty well, yeah, fantastic. Just, I'm just saying, if you compare it, like, you know, Luke Cage or. Jessica Jones or whatever, you know these mm-hmm. these seasons were all thirteen episodes. 
Stranger Things, I think, was it eight episodes? Yeah, and honestly, I think more shows should do that anyway. Like, I think they should go for a short. I understand if you don't want four episodes, but I think eight right. to it ten. It was eight episodes. Yeah. And I think the six ten. to I think the six to ten range is is I think ten really should be the most. I mean, I mean, come on. I think six <laughs> would have been way too low for for West Westworld. Uh, definitely. No, you're right. But, you're right. But I think you know the thing is. Even you cut off one episode from Daredevil or Jessica Jones or Luke Cage, you make the show better, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 13 yeah. is just unnecessary, yeah. Yeah. and I don't yeah. know if that's part of the deal they had with Netflix mm-hmm. where they said you got to do it, because obviously they didn't force Stranger Things, but maybe the Marvel deal is different. Maybe Marvel is the one who insisted on that to get more stuff out of Netflix. I don't know. I don't know the specifics. All I know is that they're all 13 episodes, so there's right. something going on with that. Right, right, right. And, and I think Westworld is just a tighter show. You know, I'm definitely looking forward to what comes next. Yeah, sure. yeah, and I'd recommend it. I would recommend it in general. And here's the other recommendation: I would recommend it to sci-fi fans too. I would yeah, say that yeah, too, which, which is which is you know a, a separate recommendation. So, all right. Um, well, this was fun. I think uh, that'll do it for now. Okay. So, cool. nerd you later. Nerd you later.